Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful that you're here. This is the second installment in what I am calling the Shondaland series. Since January, I have been contributing monthly articles about well-being and mental health to Shondaland.com, a website that I love. It was created by Shonda Rhimes, who you know as the visionary behind Bridgerton and Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And she has a website, it's like a lifestyle magazine website. They cover books and fashion and fitness and wellness and all of her many wonderful shows. And so since January of 2022, I've been writing about well-being and mental health for them. And it's been so fascinating. I've learned so much that I wanted to share it with you here. This is exactly what we like to talk about here on Inner Peace to Go. This is how to cultivate a happier life. This is how to feel better in our own skin, feel better in our own brains, and do what we can to to shore up all that stuff, to shore up our mental well-being, our resilience, to tone down stress. So that's what this is about. Every week for the next several weeks, I'm going to spotlight one topic that I've covered in these articles. I'm writing these articles based on interviews with experts. This is scientific information along with strategies that we can use to put these things into effect in our own lives. So I've learned so much. I've been just so excited to be writing for Shondaland and I wanted to share it with you here. So the series is called A Path to Wellbeing and each article focuses on a different topic, a different aspect of well-being. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of relationships and staying connected. So social connections are critical to human happiness. In fact, relationships, strong, healthy relationships are the number one predictor of happiness in numerous scientific studies. It's really, really fascinating. So regardless of your income, your job, where you live, what your circumstances are, if you have strong social ties, healthy, fortified relationships, you are just much happier in life. And it makes sense. I mean, human beings evolved as social animals. You know, we started out living in tribes and cooperating to get food, to raise our young, to stay safe as a community. And it's in our very DNA to be socially connected. It is, we're social animals. I've probably heard that before. Human beings are social creatures. And you can actually die of loneliness. This surprised me. I mean, I guess it didn't surprise me, but it's kind of stark when you think about it that way. You can die of loneliness. So loneliness has been associated with higher risk of anxiety and depression and heart disease and early mortality. Loneliness is really, really bad for us. And yet we're living at a time of epidemic loneliness. And this was even before the pandemic separated us further. The Surgeon General of the United States said that loneliness is a serious public health crisis. We need social connections to thrive. 
And even though we feel connected through things like email and social media, social media in a way has actually made us more lonely. Not only because of the comparison thing, but because it stands in, it, it sort of supplants real human connection. Like, do you really need to call Chris and find out about the vacation that she was just on if you saw all the photos already on Instagram? And so it kind of separates us in that way. We feel like we know what we're friends are up to, but we don't really because we're just sort of seeing it as we scroll. So that was something really interesting that I learned in reporting this story from the psychologist who I spoke to, and that is that social media does not connect us as much as we might think. Even though we could be chatting to tons of people, we're actually kind of chatting to no one and we're home by ourselves. And of course, the pandemic made things so much worse. Even though we can see people face to face again, some of us have been slower than others to reconnect. And it feels really awkward, at least for me, it feels really awkward when it's been like two years since you've seen someone more than two years and maybe you haven't even hardly talked except for a few messages on social media and then you're like, hey, want to get together? So there's a lot of challenges when it comes to maintaining our social connections, but because it's so integral to our health and to our well-being, it is worth overcoming these challenges. It's worth the effort to create and maintain social connection because it's so instrumental to to happiness and to resilience. You know, one of the facts that I cite in this article was this study out of Harvard. So Harvard has been tracking people for more than 75 years to see what impacts different lifestyles and things have had on their health and well-being, both both physical and mental health. And the director of that study said that good relationships make us happier and healthier, period. Like good relationships are that important. So that's why it's worth doing something about it. Oh, and researchers also point out that it's the quality, not the quantity of the connections that we have. So you don't need 50 million friends. You need good relationships with the friends you do have. And what is a good relationship? It's one where you feel like you can be yourself. It's one where you can open up and your friend also can open up. And I say friend, it could also be family member, partner, A good relationship is one where you're not putting on a bunch of airs. You're yourself. You can be vulnerable. You can support your friend or partner in their vulnerability. That's what a good relationship is. That's what a strong social connection is. But one of the other things I learned when reporting this article is that social connections can even be lighter and more fleeting and still contribute to our well-being. So here's what experts advise about how to grow and maintain social connection. The first thing is to pick up the phone. Yes, you could just text, but hearing someone's voice is a much richer and more connected experience. You can hear nuances and mood in someone's voice in a way that just does not come through in text or email. I mean, think about the difference of if you ask someone how they are and they're like, I'm fine. Or they're like, ooh, I am fine. There's a big difference there, and it's still just F-I-N-E in a text. So picking up the phone to make a connection, to catch up with a friend, and, and to really focus on that time, to, to be talking to someone and have that be like the main thing that you're doing. So picking up the phone is one of the recommended strategies to 
create and strengthen our social connection. Another one, and I love this one, is talking to strangers. So when I was growing up, my dad always talked to strangers. And my brother and I used to be like, you'd rather talk to strangers than talk to us. Like he would just make conversation with everybody in line or wherever we were. He would be like chatting up anybody nearby. And I have kind of picked up on this now that I'm an adult too. And I will totally chat up the cashier at the supermarket. Or if I pass somebody, they're walking their dog, you know, I chat them up. And this is actually really good for us. This boosts our well-being. So there was this study out of the University of Chicago in 2014 that looked into this. And here's what they did. They asked bus and train passengers, do you think you'd be happier keeping to yourself on this trip or talking to the person next to you on the trip? Like whoever's sitting next to you. And do you think they would be happier if you chatted them up or if you left them alone? And all of the subjects, nearly all of the subjects said, no, I'd be happier if I kept to myself and the other person would be happier if I left them alone. The opposite ended up being true. When they surveyed these people after the trip, you know, after whatever bus or train journey it was, people were much happier when they had spoken to strangers or when a stranger had spoken to them. And even if it was just small talk and even if it was just a short ride, it led to a surprisingly positive experience for everyone involved. So this should encourage us to not be afraid to chat up the person next to us in line at the grocery store or at the post office, whoever's sitting next to us on the bus or at a movie theater if you've returned to the movies. This is really good for us and chances are better than not that the other person will appreciate the connection as well. Another suggestion that these experts offered was to connect in a different way with your family or whoever you live with. So instead of just watching a movie together or watching TV together, turn off the TV and do something engaging that involves more face-to-face -face kind of action. So that could be playing a game, doing a puzzle, cooking something together, making some kind of craft. By looking at each other instead of the screen, we're already bound to be more engaged and more connected. It doesn't mean never watch a show together, but just mix it up and you can feel closer by doing that. And one thing that this psychologist suggested was to take a walk together. That way you have the stimuli of being outside, but you also have that opportunity to have a conversation. Another strategy is to reconnect with old friends. Now, I talked about this a little bit before. You know, there's friends that I still haven't seen since before the pandemic. And I do feel weird, like awkward about reaching out. But all scientific evidence points to it being likely that they would be happy to hear from me and from you. I mean, your friends would be happy to hear from you. So imagine one way to consider this is to imagine if a friend you hadn't talked to since before the pandemic reached out to you. A friend who you like reached out to you and was like, hey, do you want to grab dinner? How would you react? Would you be like, ew, they called? Or would you feel like, yeah, you know what? That would be nice. And you could talk about whether or not you're ready to go out or if you need to be outside or whatever your circumstances are. When I think about it like that, it makes me a lot more emboldened to reach out, even though there is that feeling of awkwardness. And granted, you know, I the friend could turn me down. They could not be, you know, they could be not interested in getting together. But that's really a fleeting disappointment, and the chances are really good that it would restore that connection. One tip that wasn't in the article, but I think it's such a good one, is to put things on the calendar. 
You know, so often we're like, oh, we should get together sometime. And then like sometime never comes. But if we say, we should get together, are you free Friday after work? It's a lot more likely that a connection will actually happen. Even if they're not free Friday after work, even if you put it on the calendar and you have to reschedule it, now you're rescheduling rather than just like talking about a a someday that exists in some time and space. So put it on the calendar. I feel like that really is makes it so much more likely that things will happen. So that's a little roundup of the article I wrote about why social connections are so important for our well-being and how you can strengthen your relationships. I will link to the article in the show notes if you want to uh, read it and hear from these experts directly. And then also, you know, I wrote an ebook. I'm really, really excited about it. And I want to send you a copy. It's free. It's like a 12-page book. It's called The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide. And it's filled with science-backed tips and strategies for how you can ease stress in the moment and then habits you can build that will help over time, that will build your resilience and make you more stress-resistant over time. I've been working on implementing these strategies in my life. I've seen some great benefit from doing so. And so I wrote this little ebook. I'd love to send it to you. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. So thank you so much for listening this week. I hope that this series about these articles is informative and inspiring to you. It's been so inspiring to me to learn all this stuff. I love learning this stuff and I love connecting with you in this, in this um, realm. So this is one of my social connections. Thank you so much for being here. And as always, you can always get in touch with me. I just value hearing from you so much. So message me on Instagram if you are so inclined. And thank you again for listening. I will be bringing you another installment from my Shondaland series next week. And I will talk to you then. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.